get the full bonfire experience on your screen youtube.com slash bonfire sports thumbs up subscribe you'll know when we're live enjoy the games Busy times for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and away we go. Welcome inside Bonfire Midweek here on Bonfire Sports. Darren Bombing to my virtual right, the Schnitz, Zach Schnitzer. What's going on, Zach? How you feeling? Uh, big move today by the Blue Bombers, acquiring <laughs> old pal Alden Darby from the Cats. Buddy, I shouted from the rooftops with that one. I was dying for them to get Darby. We saw him scratched a little bit during the season, buddy. Yep. And I happen to know from a good source that Darby was willing to come back to try and go for a three-peat, but he was not offered a contract. They decided to go with Mercy Maston. In hindsight, maybe not the best choice, but that's hindsight, right? Maston, as you've said many times, was a great, great player, pivotal in that 2019 Grey Cup run. Excellent but Darby, player. as we've talked about, could have easily been in the running for MVP of the Grey Cup in 2021 against Hamilton, had a pick, was all over the field. I, uh, I'm i super excited, and I, and I have a burning questions for you, buddy, about what you tweeted today, a bunch of players that you have updates on, so let's get into it. Yeah, so lots could be changing in the next few weeks for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They're 13-3. and three. They have secured at least second place in the West Division, they have yet to secure the West Final. They will host a playoff game, but not secure yet that West Final on November 13th. So what right. do they need to get that West Final at IG Field? Well, they need a win and a BC Lions loss. And that one plus the other. So yep. effectively, the only way Winnipeg will not host the West final is if they lose out and BC wins out. And we'd right. know that in week 19 and week 21, Winnipeg's final two games of the season, they are at BC on October 15th and then home to BC to complete the regular season on October 28th. So three games, they need a win. And uh, the BC Lions need to not lose. And obviously they're still without Nathan Rourke. Don't expect him back for the regular season. I understand he's walking and all of that. Temper your expectations on Nathan Rourke uh, returning to the lineup anytime soon. Uh, I, I think it would take quite a bit. But from, from this point, where do the Blue Bombers stand? What do they need to do to ensure they're in the best shape possible, both roster-wise, health-wise, yeah. and football-wise, to make another playoff deep run and come home with a third consecutive gray cup and secure the word, the big D word dynasty here in Winnipeg, Zach, uh, the, the acquisition of Alden Darby had people immediately wondering if Donald Rutledge right. Jr. I was. Was and he's not, I, uh, I saw your update. So tell us about Rutledge. Okay. So Donald Rutledge did miss some time 
last week against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, came out in the third quarter, returned to the game, and then didn't finish the game. Uh, I watched him on the sidelines. I pulled out the binoculars, started to creep on Rutledge a little bit to ensure, <laughs> you know, like, like find out what's going on, right? And uh, he was high energy, in good spirits, chin up, but not holding his helmet. So that could be a variety of things, not worth speculating on this point. Today, in practice, day one ahead of uh, the uh, Edmonton Elks coming to town on Saturday night, uh, Donald Rutledge making plays, working with the first team defense. So where does Alden Darby fit? Um, By the way, Darby was a Western all-star. People were asking, he, this is an all-star player, folks. So th this is interesting. This is worth, worth mentioning here. Alden Darby was a West All-Star and a CFL All-Star, but nobody in Winnipeg voted for Alden Darby. Really? So he was named an All-Star based on people who watched less of him than, than us here in Winnipeg. I just wasn't comfortable giving it to Alden Darby because Winnipeg had so many All-Stars, and I think there were better Dimebacks in the West division last year in the CFL, Chris Edwards, like, look, you know, he, he got himself into some trouble off the field or, you know, after a game still in gear, that sort of thing. Uh, but, but superb dime back. Same with, uh, Derek Moncrief. Um, there, there was a lot of good players, uh, at that dime back spot. So I didn't vote for Alden Darby. I, I know, uh, the majority of us here in Winnipeg, I can maybe not speak for the head coach, Mike O'Shea, who gets a vote on these things. But um, either way, uh, still a very, very good player. What did Michael Shea say about Alden Darby today? He's versatile and he's experienced. He said, Michael Shea, we're, we weren't going to bring anybody in. They wanted to bring a veteran in and they mm -hmm. got their man. He saved them last season. Uh, hopefully, I'm, I'm sure they're hoping he can save their season again this year. What did Zach Kolaris say about Alden Darby? He said that, Darby is an extremely smart player. When Winnipeg acquired Alden Darby last year, Zach, it took him a few weeks to get into the lineup. He was healthy. Maybe he needed to get into better shape. Maybe he needed to learn the playbook. I don't know specifically. We don't know specifically. But he took a few weeks to, to get into the lineup. And, well, then he was ready to go, and, and he played quite well at an all-star level. Not to my opinion, but uh, to the opinion of others. So, um Th that is a good thing, but where does he fit? Mike O'Shea says, still to be determined. Is it at corner for Jamal mm. Parker, who is not at practice today? Is it at halfback for Evan Holm? Is it at dimeback for Donald Rutledge? I don't think it's going to be for Winston Rose at, at boundary corner. I don't think it's going to be for the human tarpaulin. Dietrich Boy, did Nick he have a hell of a game, eh, Darren? No. So uh, where does he fit? Yeah. Well, this is, uh, I've been told that Jamal Parker is not injured. Oh. So he was excused today in the words of Mike O'Shea. Uh, will he be back on Wednesday and Thursday? We will see. Uh, I'll have eyes on, uh, on practice tomorrow on Wednesday. Thursday is a closed session. Friday walkthrough. Uh, and then Saturday, the game. Uh, quick programming note. Chris Walby will join me live for game day Winnipeg. Friday at 5 p.m. So special time. Join us then. He's going to be chilling. Uh, out five. Of Happy yeah. hour, baby. Yeah, there you I go. Happy it, hour I like that. Cheers. So so when he says he's excused from practice, that could mean anything. 
it could be a personal issue. It could be a family yeah. issue. It could be a disciplinary issue. It could be an injury issue. I'm told he's not injured. So, um, you know, I, I simply stated back to uh, the individual that, that told me that. And I said, I just hope everything's okay in, uh, in Jamal Parker's world. But we do not know what that is. So will he be available this week? We don't know. Will Alden Darby be ready to step in uh, for a defensive back at some position this week? We'll see. Let me, let me ask you something. Let me T, ask you uh, something. JT Hassel? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, shoot. Go tell me about JT Hassel, but then I want to ask. JT Hassel has been in the lineup for the last couple of weeks for the Blue Bombers. He is an option to step in. Same with Canadian rookie Tyrell Ford. Good head on his shoulders, eh? JT Hassel. <laughs> what do you mean? He's the guy who had the he he had the the punt go off his helmet. Right. Yeah. So he's been playing special teams. So <laughs> playing he's been heads getting up. Games. Let me ask you something, uh, Alden Darby. From from a football personnel perspective, can a guy who plays dime play nickel? Well, he, could he chain Goche? Oh, well, that's that's technically like not the, the nickel line. No, sorry, the dime. Which one's well, the, like, the, can, the, a, can a dime back play weak side linebacker? Yeah, depends who it is. Uh, but because the dime middle is linebacker the stand, and weak right? side linebacker, middle linebacker yeah. where Adam Big Hill has played all year, yeah. weak side linebacker where Kyrie Wilson would have played, yeah. where yeah. Malik Clements has played, both of those yeah. individuals have played. That's a linebacker position. A weak side and a middle are similar. A dime back is much more similar to a safety right. or a halfbacker. It's corner. essentially a DB in the box. You, it absolutely you, you, is a DB in the box. But but the will linebacker. We've seen them pick on Shane Goche a little bit. You mm -hmm. even saw them put uh, a fullback a couple of weeks in a row, right? Garmon, Goche with Hamilton, and then James Tuck had a big catch on Goche. Yeah. Could Alden Darby play that position? Because it looks no, like I don't you do have so. to play a little bit of coverage. I don't. I don't think he. I don't think that's an option. I, no, I don't eh? think Alden Darby's that type of player. Okay. If it was Derek Moncrief, if it was Dion Lacey, if it was you know, th that type of, of super versatile, big bodied guy. Uh, I would see Donald Rutledge as more of a weak side linebacker um, than an Alden Darby. I, I just, that's a linebacker position. That's going to be Shane Goche. That's going to be Jesse Briggs. I really wonder if Brian Cole, number 41, an American linebacker the Blue Bombers have on their active roster is an option to step in there. Because yeah, Shane Goche has been picked on a little bit. I know Shane Goche against the run, strong player oh yeah for Versus sure pass he's susceptible that's what i've seen but but if they're throwing isn't doesn't like help me understand because you're saying that there you know he's been susceptible to the pass but you've got a guy like alden darby who could play the pass but maybe he's just not quite as good as tackling like straight up on the run game that's not the well, type you, you gotta you gotta deal with offensive yeah. linemen a lot more often if you're a weak side linebacker okay right like you could put a DB everywhere, put a DB, like get rid of all your linebackers and have seven DBs on the field, eight DBs yeah. on the field. Well, you, yeah. you're, you're not going to have that. Right. Um, 
Cabela's need- uh, Moncrief would be a dream unless he's playing against Nick Dembski. <laughs> right. Well, you know what? Moncrief got got a little bit better in Nick Dembski this past yeah, he week. Knocked he knocked a couple much down. better, but Dembski got yeah. the best of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. How about him? Like, as as oh, can, if we can cheers digress yeah. Yeah, to yeah. the two uh, CFL top performers this right. week from the Blue Bombers, Zach Kolaris, great game, gets uh, another nod, deservedly so. Nick Dembski. Two touchdowns against the Rough Riders for a second time this season. He's got yeah. five TDs in three games against his former team this year. Isn't it He's beautiful? got seven TDs in his past five games. The guy is on fire right now. Buddy, we are on fire because at the beginning of this season, we said Nick Dembski is, is going to jump out. He's going to take the next step, and he's going to mm-hmm. be a most outstanding Canadian. And he, I think, you know, right now, we talked about what does it take to be a wall of honor guy? You need championships. You need records. You need to win a bunch of CFL awards again and again. Yeah. Like, you know, you talked about that with Joe Poplowski, right? How many most outstanding Canadians did he win? Like three. And he was a finalist like five years in a row or something. Like, yeah, I I think I, I would love to see him win that. And I think he's on pace. He's just having an amazing year. I'm going to talk more about him in my sober second thought. But uh, yeah, we yeah. get Kolaris and Debsky, eh? Uh, players of the week. That's awesome, man. Yeah, and I, I think I think deservedly so for those two guys. A big, Cheers, big bounce back win uh, for the Blue Bombers over Saskatchewan. So they sweep the Riders, sweep the Stamps. Um, but uh, Andrea and, and many others asking about the entirety of the Blue Bombers yeah. injury picture. Well, let's and there's go to some Stanley names. Bryant. You have Stan, like you had a tweet here. These are big names, man. You've got Stanley Bryant, Jackson Jeffcoat, yep. Tiedrick Hansen. Let's go. So let's go through so, them. So there, there's some names people need to know. Uh, we'll leave Stanley for last because it's, okay. it's, it's a unique situation. But okay. Alden Darby, will he be ready this week? Not sure. Uh, I personally think if Jamal Parker comes back and is able to play, I could see Alden Darby coming in for Evan Holm at halfback. Um, Nick Taylor confirmed today by Mike O'Shea to be done for the season. He was uh, walking gingerly with a walking boot. Uh, It's an Achilles injury. Unfortunate that his, his season is done. Um, That's kind of the makeup of the blue bombers defensive secondary right now. Adam Big Hill healthy and practicing uh, at Weak side linebacker, it has once again been Shane Goche. Will they make a change there? Uh, I, I'm not too sure at, at this point. Brian Cole, maybe. The defensive well, someone, line Sorry, is an Darren. Someone spot. said, someone on the chat here yeah. said, Brian Cole can lay a wallop. Yeah, he's been playing special teams. Yeah. yeah. So that's but good. That's, special I mean, teams, hey. very different than defensive snaps. Yeah, for sure. The D but, line is interesting because, yes, Jackson Jeffcoat has missed a lot of practice as of late. Obviously, did not play against Saskatchewan this past week. Cedric Wilcox played for Jackson Jeffcoat this past week. Well, Wilcox was the man they traded to Hamilton for uh, Alden Darby. Darby. So where does that leave the Winnipeg Blue Bombers at defensive end? Well, a couple weeks ago, or about a week ago, Keon Adams was signed by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, a veteran of two CFL seasons. He was a former seventh-round pick of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He, through two seasons, uh, played uh, you know over a dozen games for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, has two sacks this season. So he's a guy they are comfortable with putting into the lineup. 
And uh, it was interesting at the end of practice today when I, I went down to the field, Jamarcus Hardrick was vocally hyping up Keon Adams. It's like, this guy is a player. This guy is, you know, he, nice. he's like, I think he's got something here, something to that effect. Uh, Wouldn't be the uh, first guy who's, whose talents weren't best used by the green guys. <clears throat> uh, well, they, they're loaded on the D line, right? With, with Robertson and... Yeah. But we've talked about how, you know, uh, we're not going to talk about culture again today because I think people are sick of hearing about it. It's all I talk about is culture. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you see a guy like Keon Adams, if, if, if he's a guy with with talent, but maybe, you know, they, like you said, they're loaded with the culture and the, and the film study they have here and the expectations, the locker room. man, you could see a guy like Keon Adams um, elevate, I think. And if, no. and if Hardrick is saying that he's a stud, absolutely, that's exciting to hear, man. Because but it's not Hansen, just Congo. Keon. It's it's not just Keon Adams. Yeah, they signed to their practice roster uh, a phenomenal player in the NCAA. Reminds me of Jackson Jeffcoat in a lot of ways. His name is Bronson Massey. Is oh, he yeah. ready to go? No, but in a pinch. The defensive end spot is one where you can throw in a, a much more inexperienced player right into the fire. Talk and, about and that. Is that because of scheme? Because you really just, your job is really just to get well, to the quarterback and. Well, you, you have a responsibility beyond pass rushing, right? Like you have a lane or, or a zone on the field. You got to take care of those, those defensive ends, uh, yeah. but you can keep it simplistic if you have a guy like that in your lineup. You know, like right. you don't have to do exotic things like you do with Stunts Jeff Coat and, and like you do with stuff. Jefferson dropping yeah. him back into coverage and the rest. You got to forgive me, man. I got something in my eye. Oh, <laughs> uh, it might it might be pride because waiters waiters here says three weeks ago, buddy, you called Alden Darby to the Blue Bombers. Now, yeah. I don't know if you paid waiters to say that. I'd have to go back and. <laughs> Go back into the downloads. Folks, you could always go back and listen to old episodes. Uh, but apparently uh, you, you've you got some pride in your eye because, again, you're, <laughs> you're, anything to do with the Ticats except for them in the power rankings, you hit it out in the park. Whatever is in my eye feels much less comfortable than pride. I can assure you. <laughs> Are you that. okay, buddy? You have to pour some water. My, my daughter got a wood chip in her eye, the structure yesterday. Oh. Yeah, you need a little bit of water to just pour. I'll be all right. There. I'll be all right. Yeah. I'll I'll push through. You know, like like you're they say, rub a little. Like she was, <laughs> rub a little dirt on it. If you're not injured, you're just hurt. Get back into the game. Okay, here um, here's a theory then. Just just a quick take, Darren. So Nick Taylor's confirmed out for the season. That's an absolute yeah. tragedy. I love that guy just as a person, as uh, but but also as a player. You know, underrated personality, underrated speedy, yeah. uh, culture guy, locker room guy. I said culture again. So he goes out. He was playing halfback. You put Holman. Holm looks kind of lost, maybe. So you find out you find out Taylor's gone for the season. Does that not point to maybe Alden Darby starting at halfback as as maybe a probability? If you're yep. just, you know, if I had using my powers right now, of deduction. Yeah. So Alden Darby played dime back exclusively in Winnipeg in 2021, yes. but yeah. signing as a free agent in Hamilton, he has played halfback and he has played cornerback. So those two positions, like, like Mike O'Shea said, extremely versatile, yeah. like Zach Kolaris said, very smart player. And, and Kolaris yeah. was a teammate of his uh, prior to time in Winnipeg. In Toronto, so, right? That's right. So, um, you know, and, the, and when you're on the practice roster, second string, third string, like, you know, 
those guys get to know each other well because sure. they're playing with each other and against each other a lot uh, in sure. practice. So with Cedric Wilcott's gone, yeah. you look at Keon Adams uh, at defensive end. If Jackson Jeffcoat can't go, he was not at practice today. We'll, we'll wait and see what happens. I'm already starting to sound like the head coach. Hey, we'll wait yeah. and see. We'll, we'll wait we'll, and see yeah, what we'll happens on, on Wednesday. But I think the Blue Bombers have the depth they need at defensive end right now another person to mention in that is Tiadric hansen so he showed up at practice today for the first time in a while oh no kidding yeah and he oh, came onto the field man. in a walking boot like so many bo- okay. injured bombers players have this year in a walking boot it could be a variety of, of of things it's not specific to one injury but he came onto the field and mike o'shea walked right up to him and shook his hand so maybe it's been a while since Tiadric hansen has been in the building uh but after practice, uh, you know, I, I gave Tiadric a, a nod and, and good to see him. Him and I have had some great conversations through the years. Um, and, you know, I respect him a heck of a lot for even, you know, probably more so what he does off the field. Oh, yeah. Uh, just 100%. as a humanitarian. Right. But yeah. uh, great football player and great man. Um, and he told me he's like, I think a couple more weeks I'll have this boot off. Does that mean he's going to be ready to play? Oh, mm, we don't know. But they've missed so. him as that oh, rotational yeah. defensive end. So they have Keon Adams with some experience and 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 uh, with some production as recently as this season with Saskatchewan. Uh, Bronson Massey, they're in a pinch if they need it to kind of fill in like LB Mack did in week one, uh, who's no longer with the team. Uh, they released him uh, relatively recently and, and like they did with Cedric Wilcox uh, as well. So that's the picture at defensive back. That's the picture on the D line is Brian Cole, somebody they would try at linebacker for, um, you know, for Shane Goche, maybe, but uh, still no update. Like Kyrie Wilson, it's not looking very good for his return this season. We will see. Uh, Now, um, Malik Clements has been running around. So he is somebody I think is definitely a possibility to return at some point. Regular season, playoffs, don't know. Um, but that's kind of the picture of the Blue Bombers defense at at this point. Well, let me um, ask you, first of all, you're getting a lot of love from the chat here. You're, they're saying you're Walby's warrior tonight for, for just you know, persevering through this eye injury. Uh, he's, <laughs> I'm good. He's, I'm good. He's seeing his way coach. through it, folks, seeing his way through it. The puns, the puns are coming. Uh, hey, Pumper, what's up, like buddy? Hey, Pumper's here. Uh, what's up, Daryl Brandel, CJ Diddick, Andrea, oh, Gregory, love you guys, waiters. Uh, listen, do you see Clements as a bit of an upgrade on uh, Shane Goche? Well, Clement, that was his starting spot that Goche's yeah. filling in for, right? Goche's been healthy all year, and it was okay. it was Clements from day one, right? Well, it was it was Kyrie Wilson from day one, but uh, Malik Clements came in and, and filled in extremely yeah. well. It's a good point, you know. Yeah. Speaking of which, okay. if we can flip over to the other side, let's go. Because I think we've covered the defense well. How about Chris Kolinkowski still starting despite yeah. Michael Couture? A 2021 CFLPA All-Star voted by his peers as an All-Star for the entire CFL. Healthy, dressing, coming in in jumbo packages and in tight end sets. Yeah. Uh, and it's still Chris Kolonkowski starting at center. Is that a Zach Kolaris preference? Is that a Buck Pierce preference? A Mike O'Shea preference? Or is it something else? 
it's they very are, interesting to to see that going down. Are they though. gradually bringing them in though? Like, are they just sort of gingerly, gradually? Is that a thing? That's what I wondered because he broke his forearm, right? And I mentioned yeah. this on the show a couple of weeks ago. Maybe it was even as early as last week. Are they being cautious with him because O linemen use their arms a lot? They're punching and smacking and swinging, right? Yeah. Um, in practice, he no longer has like a partial cast on his arm, like you know, like a, a plastic plate or something. Yeah, he's just got straight up um, uh, just a, like a you know a compression sleeve on on his arm. So he's assumedly fully healed from that. Uh, so it could be load management, like they're just easing him in, as Booch twenty seven is saying. Uh, yeah, but here's Scott Roger is saying chemistry don't fix it if it's not broke, right? So right, that's an interesting uh, uh, debate there. Hey, Darren. Interesting. Yeah, to see I mean, what happens I, in in the end, it's a good thing good that problem they have healthy have, right? offensive linemen. Um, I, I I should mention I pulled this up from Pumper. What about Demario Houston? Folks, the uh, chain is here. It's, uh, my neck is killing me today. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> you were talking about your neck before we went there. <laughs> my air. neck is killing me. Yeah. Uh, anyway, okay, go but ahead. I, I do want to mention Demario Houston still not practicing. Uh, does not yeah. look like he is close to a return. Of course you know, uh, company line, we will see and, uh, remain hopeful, uh, for a guy, Demiro Houston was the D Alford of the 2022 right. Winnipeg blue bombers. Right. Uh, if you didn't catch yeah. that interception from D Alford, uh, I heard about on it. Sunday, I didn't see it. I didn't it see locked it. down the win for the Atlanta Falcons. Now you and I right. are going to revisit our NFL picks, get into our week four, uh, NFL picks or week five rather. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, obviously have our CFL rapid fire as well. We're going to crack some packs. Nice. Got some more uh, courtesy Joe Daly. We've got the, the, the guy in green. We'll tear that, uh, tear that we, up. We also have, I can confirm Darren that we have some yep. more TASV free merchandise coming our way. I'm picking okay. some up this week. So folks look out for it because we're not just going to have CFL, you know, Darren's going to get into NHL. We've gotten into NFL. So we're going to have, a whole variety pack to give away. So we're going to keep the fun going on bonfire sports folks. Love it. Love it. Absolutely. And, and, and big shout out to uh, the sports and yeah. Uh, Joe Daly's sports cards and custom framing uh, for these CFL cards. And when we're all said and done, I'm always reinvesting. If I get like a valuable card, I sell it to some fan in, in Saskatchewan or Calgary yeah. or whatever. Oh, and then I buy more. I'm going to yeah. get all the Bombers cards and give them away to some fans uh, here on, on Bonfire Sports. I think That's that'll awesome, be fun. Uh, offensively, okay, you know, Chris Kolonkowski staying at center for a healthy Michael Couture. But Stanley Bryant is, I think, a um, developing situation. Let's call it that. Uh, I asked Michael Shea today about talking with athletes about their health and what they need to ensure their body is ready to go for the long haul and, and for that week. And, you know, you, you no real insight from the head coach uh, other than saying, you know, like we, we do what we need to do to win. But the reality is the weight of a player's health now mm -hmm. with the playoffs like a month away versus at the beginning of the season, it weighs differently. At the beginning of the season, the Blue Bombers were zero and zero. And so was Calgary. And so was BC. And so was Toronto. And so was Saskatchewan, right? Everybody's zero and zero. And then what? You know, like they, they rip off a whole pile of wins to start the year, eight and oh. Well, they're not out of the woods. 
you got to play to win. Yeah. Now they have three games remaining. I don't expect them to lose three straight times, even no. if they have to be without someone like Stanley Bryant. So for a guy in Bryant who is a veteran, a workhorse, a Hall of Fame talent, we all know that. Is it time for him to take a rest? Over the last couple of weeks, he has not practiced, and we've seen Jeff Gray kick from left guard to left tackle. Is that what would happen in a game if, say, Stanley Bryant left mid-game? Probably. Yeah. Okay? But is that what the Blue Bombers would do with an opportunity to reform their roster, reform their offensive line for a game? I don't think so. They would put an American in there. And what have we seen this week that's been different from the last two weeks where Stanley Bryant hasn't practiced? We've seen an American, Eric Lofton. He wears number 55, Mm, play at left tackle. To me, this tells us they are going to rest Stanley Bryant this coming week. I could be wrong, but that's what those indications tell me in reading between the lines. Um, I asked Michael Shea about Eric Lofton today. He says he's extremely athletic. You can see it. He's a quick football player, Uh, you know, uh, has size, obviously, to play tackle at the pro level. Uh, but really fleet of foot, really athletic. Uh, I think he's somebody that could take on the Willie Jefferson types, um, uh, you know, in, in game action. So it'll be interesting to, to see him if he is good to go. But for him, Jamarcus Hardrick, Pat Newfeld, they need to ensure those guys are healthy in November. Yeah. You don't want to drive them into the ground now when you've already got a playoff game locked up and, and you're one win away and one BC loss. Like essentially they, they beat BC once out of their two times. Yeah. They're going to host the West final. So um, you my, know, my priorities constr- change as the season progresses. That right? makes sense to me. My only concern there, Darren, is if there's a big drop off. And, and, and just to say, like I from the sidelines, I've seen Stanley Bryant limping noticeably the last couple of games. So, you know, that's that's concerning. Right. And of course, you want to you want to make sure he's good for prime time, which is the playoffs one and done. But. Listen, I hope I hope uh, Eric Lofton can hold his own because folks will remember when we played in Edmonton, it was a fourteen point win, but it sure didn't look like that for most of the game, right? Like those those uh, Edmonton defensive fronts that Chris Jones was throwing out was giving us problems, and Zach was under pressure all night. So my big concern, not even winning or losing the game, my God, like just your left tackle is like your shield for your for your quarterback. It's your blind side. I sure hope Zach, you know, he can just keep him upright, man. Like that, that does concern me a little bit. That's your number one asset, right? Yeah. QB one is number one asset, but I would assume that uh, Buck Pierce would scheme for that. And uh, like Andrea Koha just saying, it's a good point at Edmonton has nothing to lose. They're desperate. The backs against the wall. They're battling with Saskatchewan still for that crossover spot. Cause it's the CFL and you can have four wins in, in week 15 or 16 and still be battling for a playoff spot. But uh, listen, interesting about Eric Lofton. That's good inside information, buddy. It's good to, it's good to have you here. Uh, do we want to continue with Glad the to be here? Thanks for having me yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to have <laughs> you on buddy. I, I love producing the show and having guys, giving guys like you a chance to, to show. Thanks stuff. man. Maybe appreciate you get on TSN. <laughs> uh, uh, what, so yeah. What about Stanley Ellingson? Bryan? Pardon me. Ellingson. Ellingson. Uh, he to me looks close to a return. I do expect him to come back this season. He's having fun while not practicing. Yes, like, don't get me wrong. He'd prefer to be practicing. Yeah. 
but he looks like he's having fun out there. He's of good spirits. He's kind of like jumping around on, on the, the bags and, and the pads, like the, the special teams. They got these like, you know, padded mats that they tackle onto and, and whatever. He's jumping around on them like a kid. Uh, that tells me that things are going in the right direction for Greg Ellingson. Obviously not the type of year that he anticipated having, but Winnipeg has been pretty good in the receiving um, department with, with, obviously the the guys that have stepped up at times, including Carlton Agadosi, who had his two touchdown game against right. Calgary this summer, he, right? Man? Um, he's been hanging out at practice too, no longer in a boot, if I'm not mistaken. So um, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that that's one area I think um, uh, Winnipeg could get uh, healthy with uh, in no time. Uh, okay. I had a text here and I wanted to, I think I missed it. Forgive me, but they were essentially asking, you know, like with Greg McRae and with Brady Oliveira running so well, could the Blue Bombers trade Johnny Augustine mm. for some help on defense? Would you want to trade Johnny Augustine, Zach? Well, the way you asked me that, buddy, suggests you, you expect me to be... Don't read my mind. Say no, but... I don't see, here's the thing. I don't see Greg McRae necessarily as an every down back. At least he hasn't been used that way. Maybe I'm wrong. You tell me. Um, this is a power running team. That's our identity. It's not going to change. So you, you're you risking, you know, if you don't have enough depth there, because it, all it takes is one play. But if but if you see Greg McRae, who's played much more than Augustine, Augustine, of course, is on specials. If you see Greg McRae as somebody who can play every down i don't know is he or is he more of uh, a change of you know i i don't see greg mccray as a running back they would say you're our guy for 15 yeah. carries today now look at the way brady Oliveira ran especially late in the game against saskatchewan they need a guy that can drive they need yeah. a guy that can push and 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 run hard is greg mccray that guy I just don't see it in a pinch. Absolutely. He could probably help them, but they need a more of a, a banger like they would get in uh, a Brady Oliveira. Is Johnny Augustine a banger like Brady? No, no, but I think he can play that game at a, a higher level than, than a Greg McRae. Who's pretty small. Yeah. Um, so should they trade or would they trade uh, Brady Oliveira? Well, you mean Augustine? I, I've had people ask me that I said, well, like, should the Calgary Stampeders trade Bo Levi Mitchell this, this season? <laughs> Why would you do that? Why would you trade yeah. your contingency plan? Why would you trade your depth? The Blue Bombers need what they have right now. Uh, moving on from Cedric Wilcox was one thing because they had a couple guys ready to step in. Uh, at running back, I th that guy isn't there. Winnipeg yeah. has loaded their practice roster with defensive backs, receivers, and especially offensive linemen. They're in that 30-day window now where they can expand their practice roster uh, for a short period of time, that 30 days, um, and you know, bring some guys in to, to get a look. And it's full yeah. of offensive linemen. Um, so, so you're seeing, sorry, Darren, you're seeing Agadosi as a potential. Greg Ellingson. I think Agadosi is a, a potential. I think Ellingson is a likelihood. Is it still to his hip? People are asking, what is he like? Because I think it was his hip, but people are yeah, asking. Yeah, it's listed as a hip. I mean, listed as a hip, eh? You, you never know for yeah. sure. 
Uh, it's it's listed as a hip, but it doesn't matter what it is. I, I right. think he's close close to coming back. It's something lower body. Well, let me um, let me ask you about somebody well, else, Darren, if I can. Drew Walatarski. Like, yeah. there's a guy. Looks like I'm not a doctor, obviously, except in my own mind or when I'm treating my daughter's stuffed animals. But um, did did he like? It looked like he really banged up his hand, maybe there it just got rolled up on or something is he know. close at all do you have any anything on wally i i i don't get any indication from him yeah okay. you know see him at practice and he, he's shuffling around and that sort of thing but uh i i don't know about drew Wolitarski. uh brendan o'leary orange bolo as yeah, uh, i like to refer to him um has been playing well i i think yeah. he's somebody that brings a, a little bit more of a physical presence yeah but less experience, less ability, I think, well, less proven ability, proven ability. to make some of those crazy catches that Drew Wolitarski yeah, uh, sure. has made. And those clutch fourth quarter catches that Drew Wolitarski has made throughout this season, especially, remember the Grey Cup? Like, the way he played in the fourth quarter oh, really yeah. helped Winnipeg. He was money, man. Win. He was he was straight cash. Um, so I think that's that's pretty well, much it for can the I, Can the, I throw one at you? Can I, can I give you an audible here? I'm and I see some people asking on the chat, and I talked about it on After Dark, and I'm going to bring it up again. But, uh, oh, here a timely post here. James in the Peg is saying uh, Grant was catching punts really good today. I want to ask about Janarian Grant. Mm-hmm. You know, it looked like he maybe just had an off game. He, he, he kind of misjudged a couple balls. One bounced past him. One I thought he should have caught on the run. I think he had about 11 yards total in returns. Now, of course, that can be a function of his blockers. Uh, but do, do, you, do you have any concern for Janarian Grant and that return game? Because it didn't, that, that field position really was one area the Riders had against us. I didn't see Grant show very well. But again, I don't know if that's Grant so much as the blockers. Is maybe Grant still injured? Do you have any concerns or people in the chat? I don't have any concerns about Janarian Grant. Okay. You mentioned the blockers. Absolutely, it's part of that. People yeah. often forget or don't yeah. realize the scheming and game planning that goes into special teams. It's not just kick the ball, go down and, and tackle or you know, uh, block on a, on a kick return or a punt return. There's a lot that goes into it. Tendencies yeah. of different teams, uh, lots of different plays that they call for cover and for return teams um we also have to remember uh saskatchewan's punter you and i raved about him on game day after dark he's awesome vedvik right Uh, i I think you know him and and uh, mark legio like understory or sub headline of of that game was the punting duel between those two young kickers uh it was really something so no i'm not concerned about janarian grant i think he's a guy that um you know kind of like uh kind of like a goalie like you only notice them if something goes wrong and yeah. um i don't see any issue with, with janarian grant well and you know this year as, as far as i can remember folks maybe maybe uh chime in here i haven't heard him put one on the turf or sorry heard him <laughs> that would take some darren bombing like hearing folks if you don't know this db has like i'll be on the phone with him and and he'll be like are you near a construction area I'm, and i'm like no <laughs> no, I don't think. No, I'm not. Why? Uh, I'm in a residential. Oh, no, no. There's some construction. Sure enough, I'm driving home later. <laughs> he could hear anything, man. He's he's the most. Uh, what is what Was is it like George it? Costanza? Didn't he have like the super hearing? I don't know. I don't I know, so. man. I, did he? 
It's one thing him and I have in common. There you go. Well, maybe Nothing maybe else. body but maybe body makeup now and now that I'm in my forty. Auditory acuity <laughs> here, this guy here, and he's our ears to the ground at practice too, folks. And a nice guy. I I saw I saw one of the uh, the fire starters here say he's a good dude. He is a good dude, Darren. You are like you're one of those you're one of those media people that is approachable. Like you see Darren anywhere, go say hi. He's just a re- he's just a regular dude, and I mean that in the best possible way. He'll be like, hey, how you doing? Like he'll talk to you. Like uh, I, I, I give it to you, man. Like that's a really great quality, and it's super Winnipeg of you. Well, so how would I, like I want to be treated if I, you know, right. saw somebody that you know I enjoyed watching or I enjoy listening? You know, like I'll go up to Paul Edmonds, right? Yeah. And and you know, like the same way I went up to him when I was a college student, and he was calling uh, games for the Winnipeg Gold Eyes, and just he just talked to me like I was his, you know, equal, his yeah. peer, and yeah. it, you know that instances like that really rubbed off on me it really really left an impression on me to you know it's like the golden rule treat others as you'd want to be treated right yeah um the cfl has approachable players you know you see sure them uh, at the gas station or in the grocery store or at the mall or whatever they're generally approachable and and uh kind to talk to right shouldn't the media be the same way i've got well, they time should. For people if but- you've got time for me on bonfire sports if you've got time to hit download or give a thumbs up or give a subscribe or whatever. I've got time yeah. to talk to you. Like, come you on. You do. He'll return your texts. He takes the voicemails. Yeah. This guy's, this is a beauty. This DB guy's a beauty, everybody. Okay, and you know what? I, I saw, I, okay, I'll just say, I'll say one quick thing. I saw a guy who follows us on Twitter and he talked to me. He lives out on the West Coast and he was an aspiring uh, media guy, journalist. Uh, and, and he said, he just called you out of nowhere. Her name was Noah. You gave him the time of day. And uh, those things make a difference in people's lives, right? Even if, you know, uh, he doesn't make a career of it. It's like a professional who he looks up to is giving him the time of day. And I just think we could all be more like DB here. Uh, all right. Okay. okay. You know, let's well, give him some love, folks. Hey, you know, like like young broadcasters, young journalists, uh, young sports um uh, fanatics, whatever. I got time for you. You know, th- those conversations nice. I had with people when, when I was a kid, th- that meant a lot to me. I remember talking to Darren Millard when oh, I was yeah. a kid. I like saw him at Marigold restaurant or something once and, uh, <laughs> you know, told him like, I want to do what you do when I grow up. And, uh, you know, he, he had time to talk to me. So well, that's cool, those man. are, those are important things. Yeah, yeah. And, and it sticks with you, right? Like you remember it to this day. You even probably remember the restaurant, right? Is, uh, it's funny, Jeff- isn't it? Those yeah. things that stand with you. Who's yeah. this? Uh, G- Gary Schurz is paired with us on Facebook. Welcome to the show, buddy. Uh, lots of good questions. Asking if we have a fullback that they use, use as a receiver. I haven't seen it as much this year, but uh, Mike Miller is a guy yeah. that, when especially when Lapo was was running the offense, you'd see him get at least one catch a game, often on second down. Uh, you know, like they the defense wouldn't expect it. He was good for one catch a game for six, seven yards, but... Uh, yeah, I would say Mike Miller could definitely do that. Mike job. Miller is that guy. Now, yeah. back to practice this week. Has not practiced the last few weeks, but back practicing. So, you know, that's good that his body is in a a good situation at this point of the year. Um, if you don't see something happening that you've seen before, trust mm-hmm. that it's, it's in the corner of the playbook. You, yeah. you don't show your cards, right? Um, you don't. So, you know, if, if I was an opposing defensive coordinator and I'm looking at all the things Buck Pierce does, 
it's a lot you have to deal with because it's a strong run game and it's uh you know a very versatile spread air raid offense like like a pass game yeah. um, by air raid i mean they'll send five receivers all the way downfield and, and the rest um jet sweeps and and all that stuff and you don't you never know what the what the uh, roster makeup is going to look like from week to week but you also got to remember yeah they could bring in mike miller uh at yeah. tight end. i would even watch for michael couture just saying that like i haven't i don't know anything i honestly don't but like if michael couture comes in and declares to the official eligible receiver okay lines up at tight end he can catch a pass yeah you know there, there's lots of things uh that that can happen that's that's the beauty of football is is it's yep. it's 40 chess as you and i've talked about before. okay before before we hit around uh the cfl buddy yep. i i just want to double check jackson jeffcoat we have him listed as a hip uh i miss what you said do you what do you see with him is is he coming back soon is this maybe something long term we should be concerned I about think, i think similarly to uh stanley bryant i don't you don't you don't have to play him yeah you know get his body to where you where you need it to be uh was not at practice today i didn't see him anyway um but uh yeah we'll we'll see we'll see i, I want to get a good look at, at keon adams yeah for sure you know and they got that other guy too cooper what is yes. his name i forget his first name oh shoot gregory will know gregory is it gregory cooper <laughs> no i'm saying <laughs> it's dewan cooper or dejon cooper um six three two twenty four out of the university of south dakota so maybe somebody that chris streveler tipped uh off to the uh blue bombers vaunted scouting staff um but um yeah i'm with jeff kabila's i'd like to see keon adams in a game in blue and gold uh, and see how he operates you know he was successful in saskatchewan with a lot of good uh, defensive lineman right there uh, with, you know, Anthony Lanier and, and AC mm-hmm. Leonard and uh, Pete Robertson and Charleston Hughes. You put him next to, you know, bookend to um, Willie Jefferson. Look out. I, I think uh, it's like putting a young player uh, like a, like a Chris Kunitz on Sidney Crosby's line. It's like, right. who? What? <laughs> Brian Rust? What? Who's this guy? And then you just, you know, they, they pot a bunch of goals or get a bunch of assists. Right. Uh, Good analogy. I think that's a possibility. So, yeah. Yeah. You want to go around uh, the league quick? Let's go around the league. All right. So, week, I lost it here. Week 17 in the CFL was a four game slate. We're going to get into your sober second thought, Zach, in just a second. Yeah. But the Bombers Oops. get back on the winning track 31 13 to sweep the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Their postseason can only go through the East Division. They need to finish with a better record than the third place team in the East in order to earn that crossover. The second game on Friday night was a bit of a blowout, and it was the final game that Paul Apolice will head coach in Ottawa, at least for the time being. Lions take down the Red Blacks 34 19, Zach, and uh, they're still fighting tooth and nail for second place, maybe mm-hmm. even first place in the West Division. It's really, it still is a three horse race. Pardon the pun with the Stampeders right there. <laughs> so what do you, what do you think of Lapo? I, I've heard different things. I've heard even O'Shea on, on the, on the coaches show say, you know, you lose your starting quarterback, you lose Jeremiah Masoli. Um, good luck. So, that so sealed O'Shea, his fate. Yeah. O'Shea thought it was unfair. I've seen a lot of people say it was unfair. 
I've seen a lot of people, including um, Janine, who does the uh, Ask Mouchoir uh, pod, or not the Mouchoir podcast, you know, for, for the Ottawa Red Blacks. Uh, they do a great podcast, by the way. You know, I, I was uh, tweeting with her a little bit, and she said it wasn't Masoli. Like, like Masoli didn't help, but they didn't win with Masoli either. And and then, you know, they had a lot of weapons that Sean Berg gave him from Hamilton. And for whatever reason, he just couldn't get it going. And then the other thing was, uh, regardless of Masoli, you saw continued uh, game management issues with Lapo. So my question for you and the fire starters here is that did he deserve to be fired? Was was he kind of uh, was he kind of the whipping boy here? Uh, so. To me, it's tough when you lose your starting quarterback and you don't really have uh, a strong enough roster, frankly, during a rebuild, right? Like Marcel Desjardins was fired a year ago, right? And Sean Burke comes over from the Hamilton Tiger Cats and takes over as GM and he's trying to rebuild things. No, Paul Lapolice wasn't his guy. Zach, I don't know if you saw Paul Lapolice's tweet and the message that he sent out, a little bit of letter, you know, classy as always. Yeah, very classy. Uh, fully expected from Paul Apolice, uh, stand-up individual. Um, but talking about how he's like, you know, the, the the story or the dialogue will be written that I wasn't the GM's man and yeah. nothing could be farther from the truth. Uh, you know, you can read into that what you will. Um, and, uh, you know, waiters mentioning that uh, in the chat, I'll, I'll pull that up here, right? They always want their own guy as their coach. But to me, it was how the, the, the Ottawa Red Blacks lost. You know, they didn't just yeah. lose games. Yeah. They lost a lot of them very badly. So um, you might be without your number one quarterback and Jeremiah Masoli, but are, you know, do you have that dig deep uh, coaching ability to squeeze the most out of that stone, right? Yeah. Um, you know, to mix metaphors there, squeeze the most out of that orange, uh, the most <laughs> juice you can. Um, but yeah, uh, was, was it fair? I mean, I think doing it now with Ottawa eliminated from the playoffs, I think it just opens the door to start having conversations yeah. with uh, Kahari Jones or sure. with somebody like Mark Killam, the special teams coordinator of the Calgary Stampede. There's a name. Uh, Jason Shivers. That, that might be ready to, to, to be a head coach. Brett Monson, Jason Shivers come to mind. Buck Pierce, yeah. I hate to say, you'd be silly not to think about that guy as a head coach. Uh, I, I like what Sling and Sammy saying, you know, you feel for his, for his, him and his family. Like at the end of the day, they're great people. We know a lot of people who know Tina, right? His wife, who's from this area. I just, you saw it in, in 2009, 2010, 2011, 2012, sorry, not 2009, 2010, Lapo, you saw it, like, like you're saying, Darren, you saw some similar things here with Ottawa that the way they lost, and I often found that Lapo was playing not to lose, even in this last game, you know, like kicking short field goal after short field goal, right? Like throwing behind, like throwing a seven yard curl when you need 10 like you see that stuff again and again and this guy's forgotten more about football than i'll ever know don't get me wrong but is it you know is it playing uh playing hc and oc i i don't know but you know the he just wasn't getting it done and he had a lot of weapons yeah 
2010 Bombers lost uh, 10 games by eight points or less. I thought I thought it was like four points or less. Like they were in it. But again, it's just it's finding ways to lose. And then it's just getting completely trounced. So I don't know. I, I hope he comes back as an OC. I, I, I He's a good guy. So now we got some cards out here. Now, all three players I've pulled so far, Brad Muhammad from Ottawa to Calgary, Vernon Adams from Montreal to BC, David Menard from Montreal to BC. Oh, a Sook Chung autograph. Trader. <laughs> Richie Leone. Oh, I'm going to talk about him. Shaq Cooper. So, like, that was a very heavy trade pack. Yeah. If you want a Sook Chung autograph, you let me know. We'll get it to you. That's a sweet one. I mean, I miss Sook Chung. He was a great pick. Uh, he was a, He's good on the run and probably better against the pass now, too. You know, with that BC pass game, so well, lots lots of conversation to be had uh, in the coming weeks for CFL All Star, and we'll probably get into that uh, next week on the show. Um, yeah. But you, the fans, have a vote now for uh, your favorite players to uh, earn CFL uh, Division and League All Star nods. So uh, that'll be interesting, and and we'll, we'll we'll talk a lot more about that as well. You know, Nathan Rourke, MOP, MOC. Uh, there's a lot of uh, interesting picks most outstanding defensive player in the CFL this season. I don't think you can hang it on just sack numbers or tackle numbers or the rest. It's going to be interesting uh, the rest of the way. Yes. Um, Yes. I'm looking forward next. We'll do that next week because you can pick all the positions and uh, we get to get inside Darren's mind as someone who actually does have a vote. I'm still pumping your tires here, buddy. Yeah, not Uh, for it. Yeah, no, um, yeah, that's enough. It's a, his hat's gonna Your pop. Check off. is in the mail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, we okay. had a few other games, right? So we have BC yeah. trouncing Ottawa, Montreal with a late win. Uh, with a, with a, what was it? An interception. There, one hundred yard throwing. touchdown Oof. return. Yeah, a one hundred yard uh, return touchdown from uh, from Beverett. Uh, what a huge uh, signing oh he was from the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Well, and it's interesting because because uh, Taylor Cornelius that that was his rep right in in the XFL was throwing untimely interceptions in the fourth quarter, and there you have it, right? Like they basically yep. lose the game, and poor Elks fans, right? Like they've now set the record, the CFL record for most consecutive home losses. Wow, I mean, I know I know they're the enemy, they're the evil empire, but boy, ugh. Nobody wants to see, like that. to see that. Nobody wants to see that. But no. the Elks are a better team than they were last year. And they're yep. a better team today than they were back in June. So obviously Chris Walby and I will get into uh, a, a lot of the game preview uh, on game day, Winnipeg Friday live at 5 PM this week. Uh, don't miss it here on bonfire sports and, and do want to tell everybody right now, if you can head down to the video below, give us a thumbs up, subscribe. If you haven't, uh, you can find us on all the major podcast apps, sub up there, download the, uh, the episodes. Um, you know, if you miss some of the, the video and the fun here on YouTube, you can uh, find us uh, on your podcast app as well. Numbers have been growing consistently all season long, Zach. So, uh, awesome. Uh, to see that so yeah stamps absolutely obliterate the toronto argonauts i don't know about you but i'm worried about the calgary stampeders i think they're a team that is going to make some noise in the postseason oh yeah they're they're to be perfectly honest with you they're they're 
I don't want to say they're the only team I'm worried about, but they're definitely the number one team I'm worried about here. Oh, Rashid Bailey. Isn't he heating up, eh? What a catch, that first touchdown. Whew. I that called guy that can... the game, by the way. Did you? I was sitting having dinner with uh, Jeff Hamilton uh, and Josh Frey-Sam. Uh, oh, Freepers. Josh, a uh, young, talented uh, sports reporter. Yeah, that they have he there is. Now. Um, and I, you know, we were talking about like, uh, some of the betting lines and that sort of thing, of course, head to SIA.com slash bonfire. Yes, That's where you want to go, um, sign up and, and get a nice bonus. But I was saying, you know, like, I think Rasheed Bailey is like a great anytime touchdown pick for this game. And then sure enough, it was that first quarter Yeah, pulls in a touchdown and, and, you know, Josh and Jeff look over to me and I just kind of give them Donald Donald Bills. Uh, by the way, Scott Roger apparently parlayed and got a couple of bills. He was saying on SIA.com. So way to go, Scott. Uh, tell us what you bet on there, buddy. I I, I won on the over uh, for yardage for Zach Kolaris, uh 259.5, I believe it was. And he uh, the third quarter had me worried when we had eight, eight yards of net offense. But uh, <laughs> he came through in the fourth quarter with a few big ones. Does that game tell you anything about Toronto? Does that tell you that maybe they're not as good as we thought they were? Or does that say Calgary is is just that good? So they... that was a rare game I did not see. And then yeah. when I saw the score, I'm like, eh, if I have time, I'll get around to it. And I didn't. Yeah. Well, obviously, with hockey starting uh, and the rest, um, you know, I, I started... I'm, I'm working Bison's volleyball, Bison's basketball. That's why I, Walby and I are doing the pregame show later on Friday. Uh, Bison's football, Winnipeg Rifles football, should mention, huge game coming up this Sunday uh, at IG Field. Uh, the Rifles and the uh, Edmonton Wildcats are playing uh, Sunday, October 16th. 3 p.m. More information, riflesfootball.com. You definitely want to uh, check them out. They are uh, making noise in the PFC and the Canadian Junior Football League this year. Um, And now I got a new gig. Well, I I write for NHL.com. Now I got a new gig uh, as the part-time game day reporter for 680 CGOB. How about that? You're on fire, buddy. Your plate is definitely full. I I, I didn't get a chance to, to see that Calgary game. I didn't. Well, you, you just gave us a pile of excuses, but I'll accept that. I mean, <laughs> the, the, it wasn't exactly a barn burner, but uh, to hold Toronto to two points, you had the passing leader, McLeod Bethel-Thompson. And, and and like I've said many times, Calgary gives up the most yards in the league, or, or at least they did the last time we checked the stats last week. So um, that's impressive. Nice. Oh, there you go. There's your favorite guy. Hey, you should take him Our out point. to dinner. Hey. You should take him out to dinner. Dude. That guy is an absolute. I'm not taking any players out to dinner unless I've got a microphone rolling. Okay. Well, that guy's just a stud, man. Like, did you see the pass knockdown last game? Like, just perfectly timed. No pass interference. You remember what I tweeted during the game? Yeah. Stop throwing on Dietrich Nichols in the red zone. Stop it. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah, it's like Revis Island. It's like Delvin Bro, right? It's it's the Patrick Sertan is the new one of the NFL that you know these stud yeah. these stud DBs that you just they just basically shut everything down. Like you just cannot. I don't think anybody caught a pass on him. Anyway, yeah. So uh, just 
two points. Uh, it's uh, that's rare in the CFL. That's basically a shutout. I think it was two singles. Um, but yeah, Darren, awesome. Congrats, buddy. Got to for the CGOB gig. That's great. Couldn't oh, yeah, have happened to a better guy. Well, glad glad to be joining the the team there for a little bit of uh, just helping them out when when they need it. Uh, Zach, let, let's get into your uh, sober second thoughts. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I broke it down a little bit more this week. Uh, you know, I you know, uh, like the bombers, I'm I'm always trying to go one and zero, so I'm always watching the film and how can I get better. I want to break my sober second thought down into uh, some highlights, some concerns, and some questions. So just just quickly, Darren, rewatching the game, some highlights that jumped out to me, things I may have missed or just didn't, uh, you know, I didn't emphasize enough in the post game. Mark Leggio, not only did he save a TD, a return TD from Mario Alford, who could, you know. Spoiler alert, could easily be the most outstanding special teams player. He has three return touchdowns this year, one on a missed field goal and and two, uh, I believe, kick or punt returns. He saves the TD, and and then that touchdown would would have really changed the complexion of the game. Not only that, he makes the tackle, and he knocks him out of the game. I don't know about you. I didn't see Alfred come back after that. He got up limping. So (laughs) I love me. I love me a punter. At a kicker who could take somebody out. That's you never well, want to see a guy Remember when Mark Leggio showed up to camp and he was saying yeah. like guys were like, "So like, what position are you?" Yeah, right, right. You can't. Like, they you can know he's a kicker. kicker, right? Like you should be able to like, like yeah. uh, what's his name? Uh, who's the backup there? His name's escaped from Sierra Leone. Oh, um, Ali Mortada. You could tell that guy's a kicker right away. Like you see him on the bus. He's like that guy. That guy plays in the CFL. He's a kicker. Anyway, yes, that's- but he's also extremely athletic. If if you go check out Ali Mortada's Instagram, I was just told this today by Taylor Allen of the Free Press. Oh, yeah. He says it's it's like you know he's throwing down like alley oop dunks off the backboard and and doing all this super athletic stuff. Kickers today are no longer built like me. They're <laughs> like legit athletes. Um, uh... Yeah. That's so cool, there's our man. gem out of the uh, pack today, former Winnipeg Blue Bomber first round draft pick, Suk so Chung with the tight. autograph. There you Very go. Nice. Uh, so if you Someone want some BC of these, will want that. Yeah, you can you can get these a box. There's like 16 packs in the box. You can get these from uh, Joe Daly Sports Cards and Custom Framing on St. Mary's Road. Oh, there's the number below 204-783-8430. Joe, his son Travis, uh, everybody that hangs out there, awesome people. You can just go there and, and talk sports. It, it, it's pretty fun. And uh, they've had Winnipeg Jets there this summer uh, signing autographs. I think Adam Lowry was there last month. So uh, very cool. Uh, have you seen uh, our? Have you seen one of our favorites, Sandy? There, you know, I know she's a big card gal. I haven't? No, uh, I haven't. She probably goes there. I bet. Uh, the other thing is, you know, we we all know they stopped the Riders on third and short twice. I mean, that should be a gimme, right? You have a yard off the ball in the CFL. Man, the Bobbers have just bread and butter, man. Like stuffing people on third, especially the riders. One, I think, was uh, it was Cameron Lawson and, and Ricky Walker made a nice cut block on Dan Clark. And then Walker, I believe, was the one with that huge stuff on Keenan LaFrance where they went into shotgun on uh, third and one. So shout out to those guys, like sort of unsung heroes, Darren who, you know, we often see those depth guys. We don't say their names a lot, but guys that really change the complexion of a game to stop a team twice on third and short. Uh, just another thing on Nick Dembski, right? Yeah. We've talked about, you told him the Canadian Army knife. 
I mean, he can run. He could, he saw him on the sweep doing damage. And then again, this guy has become a deep threat or not become, but, but it's, you know, it's been, it's been doubled down, man. Like this guy is a deep threat. And again, because you've got Bailey and shown and the, and the depth at receiver, Dembski is a guy that that can you can catch him on a linebacker like a Moncrief or in this case Larry Dean, and he can light them up for a long touchdown. And that's why he's a killer, right? He could light up in a, a linebacker, right? Yeah. Because because you have to put someone on on Dembski, right? You have to cover Shone, you have to cover uh, Brandon Larry Orange, you have to cover McCray, you've got to cover Bailey, right? Dembski can be your second or third receiver, so you get the linebacker on him. And he'll do these, you know, as you've talked about, he'll, he he can do a go route or he can do sort of a wheel route across the field or, or run across the field. You can't cover him if you're a linebacker. Even if Moncrief can't cover him, no coverage linebacker can cover him. And then he also beat a free safety with a sweet double move like uh, like Adam, right? So it's just f- further reasons why Dembski is just unbelievable, man. Like he just gets me going, especially against the Riders. That was and, and two more things that stood out to me. I mean, obviously the shown catch is something I think we'll see on the highlight reels. He pulls that ball down in traffic and then jukes his way to the end zone. It was a, just a thing of beauty. Yeah. The other thing people might notice, just the it was my eye test that noticed it, but I saw it in the stats too. You notice the bombers barely, even if they don't get a good return, Darren, they don't, they don't. Um, I can't even think of the word. I, I, I'm tired today. Kid, kids were crazy today, but they don't. Uh, what's that? They don't. They don't stab themselves in the back or whatever. Like they don't have any. Like very few penalties on returns. Right. You see that against the you know the the teams that play the bombers. They're good for one or two, especially at IG Field. Um, they're just killers, right? They 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 put you back in the field position and. Winnipeg is so good at being disciplined. Like talk about that's hard to do, right? Because you can get out leverage. You you're running full speed. I mean, it must be pretty easy to get a, a holding or a legal block on a, well, those, on a. Those special teams penalties are shoot costly. themselves in the foot. Thank you, Gregory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you you just lose tons of yardage. So I props to the Bombers for that. Last thing that uh, that stood out to me is is just Biggie's first quarter hit on Keenan LaFrance. He stood him up, and it was just bone rattling. Smack, right? You see the crowd go up. I think it was even a first down, but regardless, right? Like, wow, he just stood him up, squared him up, and just smoked him. Okay, got a couple concerns. The first one is Biggie. This might surprise people. I saw a couple more missed tackles this game. I saw one. Uh, when uh, in that last like like sort of Winnipeg Blue Bomber killing drive with Hamilton Darren, where we were down by ten and and we just needed a two and out we had all the momentum and and Biggie missed a uh, tackle on uh, Wes Hills that running back which which sort of stuffed the drive he missed another couple tackles this game and then I saw him clutching his his bicep I am not one to question Adam Big Hill okay he's he's he, he's a hell of a player he's he's a he's a Ring of Honor player. Do we have any cause to be worried about Biggie? I've, I've talked to a couple other fans who's, who've seen maybe he's not quite the player he was last year. Well, like, look, you know, if he's grabbing his bicep during the game, like, you ever stubbed your toe? Yeah. <laughs> you ever got a Charlie hose from your cousin? 
you know, not ah. from my cousin per se, probably my brother, maybe from your daughter. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. She packs right? a punch. Uh, mega dad's action at sir. But yeah, sure. you know, I, I don't, I don't look anything into that. He's practiced no. all season. He has not taken vet days. Uh, you know, waiters mentioning that he's, he's missed some tackles. Yeah. He's not having the MODP type season like he did last year and, and in seasons past, but I remember 2019, you know, uh, was not his best season. And I, I learned later in the year, um, that, you know, he was, you know, struggling with, with a lower body injury through, right. through the season. Is he banged up? Everybody's banged up. Everybody to is. answer your question. I am not concerned about Adam right. Big Hill until he gives me a reason to be concerned. He's playing well. Yeah, he's missing tackles. He's Everybody missing more tackles than usual, though, Darren. That's my concern. Hey. I hate to say it because he's he's a gem of a guy. Well, I'm just worried. Is it age? Is it injury? Immortal. Humans are not immortal. The best make mistakes, and yeah. players like look you. You can't be elite forever. Right. That's that's just what I'm saying. Is it, some, are, some are we seeing him on? Uh, are we seeing the beginning of a maybe a bit of a decline for Adam Big Hill? That's some all I'm players' asking. careers go like this. Yeah. Other players' careers go like this, and others go like this. You know, like it's it's different for everybody. But again, yeah. I'm not going to be concerned about Adam Big Hill until he gives me a legitimate reason to be concerned. Am I going to keep eyes on him to see if if that happens? Yeah, I'm going to watch a little closer. But I'm not concerned. As Gregory says, father time is undefeated, Zach and DB. So, oh, look at that. Or mother back time. To back. Not, back necessarily, to back. not necessarily a father. Could be a mother. Could be gender non-specified time. I don't well, know. It was time. always father, mother nature and father time. Yeah, I think we need to get past those. No, 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 no shot at you, Gregory. I know you're just, you know, you're just saying you've missed it, but. We got to get past that stuff, folks. Now, why, why? there's mother and father, mother nature. Well, father not, not every family has a mother and father. They're not everybody identifies that way. We don't want to get into that. No. Darren, I saw no. Dakota. Football tonight. Let's stick to football. Um, it, it's a little more black and white there. Uh, Prukop, you want to toss? He had a one more concern. He had a toss played to McCray in the third quarter. Uh, I believe that's that's when we had uh, three two and outs. Uh, we really sort of went dormant. I'm not super concerned about that. I mean, it's three mm -hmm. drives that went two and out. Big deal. They they came back and won. But um, I saw another sort of short yardage, uh, you know, second and medium play, third in a row. If you count the two in Hamilton, that didn't work. I'm wondering if people are concerned that uh, people are sort of starting to read the mail on the Prukop package. Or is it just Hamilton and Saskatchewan are really good defenses? Saskatchewan's defense is good. They're a good defense. Yeah. You know, how did Winnipeg beat them in the second half when, you know, Saskatchewan scraped back into the game? It was deep shot, deep shot. Like it was three plays. Well, it was four plays and two touchdowns, and it was three completions. Yeah. Uh, you know, they just, Buck Pierce or Zach Kolaris or both of them, found something and exploited it. Yeah. And it was very impressive to watch because it was two and out, two and out, two and out. And I think if you go, you know, to start the second half, and if you go back to the last few possessions 
of the the first half. I have my notes here, but I'm not even going to look at them. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. It they doesn't matter. they they went a good stretch of time without being able to do too much. Yeah, I'm not. You know, the other team's getting paid to play. Well, that's that's the. Th- I didn't put it as a concern because they're they're getting they're getting play they're getting paid to play. And I went through the the third quarter offensive drives, Darren. I mean, one was a throwaway where everybody was covered. One was a great play by Moncrief knocking a ball down. Like these are these are very good players, but uh, and they ended up scoring thirty one points. They ended up with thirty one. That you know they they uh, they were a loaded gun just waiting to fire. And yeah, two quick. And strikes, the way right? they killed the clock, I think, was as impressive as anything yeah. late in the game. You know, Oliveira. For nine, Prukop comes in and sneaks it two yards for first down. Oliveira, yeah. another nine. Oliveira, 15. Wasn't and that, then I wasn't left the stadium because I'm like, man. okay. He <laughs> just, I got to get home to do the, the postgame well, show. It was like he was basically um, putting the nail in the coffin in the season of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders to me. That's what I saw. I saw them just demoralized. You could see the body language. They, they knew he was going to run, and he just took it to him. Uh, Shout okay. out to Colorado Avalanche fan 2022. Bombers are going to win Grey Cup three times in a nice. row. New commenter in the live chat. Uh, yeah. Are you my buddy Norm? My buddy Norm is a huge Avalanche fan. I'm wondering if that's you, Normie. But Yay. if it's not, well, even if it is, welcome. Appreciate, welcome, buddy. Uh, you coming into Good the live team chat. to cheer yeah. for. Uh, okay, so so Waiters uh, said it should have been seventeen seventeen instead of twenty four thirteen with that quick strike. Here, here's here's uh, the uh, the last question, or no, not the last question. My first question, because now I'm into questions here. Is it a fair criticism uh, that Saskatchewan settled for a field goal at the beginning of the third uh, fourth quarter, Darren? They're down seventeen ten. You have to score touchdowns against uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And they make yes. a seven. They make a they make a one score game into a one score game. It, I, I believe it was third and six. You saw Fajardo throw kind of a duck to. Uh, it was Keon a Schaefer terrible Baker. pass. Terrible pass. He's had terrible pass to Keen Schaefer Baker in the flats. Who was wide open? Wide open. Would he would have strolled into the end zone? He would have strolled in. So then it's a tie game, right? Do you yes. do you kick a field goal there? Is that a crit- Is that a fair criticism to say? Go for go for the touchdown. This is the Blue Bombers. They had well, us on the ropes. In, They've been driving on us. In hindsight, hindsight, yes, yeah. right. But what's the reality? Saskatchewan went. Uh, I'm just looking back. So so at that, it's it's early in the fourth quarter. They go f- 12 plays, 55 yards. Okay, they put together a nice drive. And yeah, they settle for a field goal, but it's a four point game. It's a one score game. But yes, absolutely. A four-point margin and a seven-point margin, not a huge difference between those two. Yeah. Uh, you know, a touchdown ties it versus a touchdown wins it, right? Or, or gives you the lead. Um, but you just went 12 plays, 55 yards. You're moving it consistently. Uh, you know, I don't hate the field goal there because you have almost a full quarter to play. But then, yeah, Saskatchewan goes two and out. They're third of the game following that. And then their next possession... Uh, it was a 52-yard strike to Kean Schaefer Baker. Then Fajardo ran for four. Then an incompletion, and then it was a turnover on downs. Yeah. So in hindsight, absolutely, I get that. But in, in the reality of the game, like yeah, the you know the, you look at the numbers. I know DT likes to get into that, and he hates going for field goals. 
uh, when it can it can be a, a one-score game or a zero-score game, especially in the fourth quarter. I understand all that math and that sort of thing, but it does come down to, you know, what Michael Shea talks about a lot, and that's flow of the game, feel of the game, um, and, you know, the experience of someone like Mike O'Shea or, or like yeah. a, a Craig Dickinson or a Dave Dickinson or, or uh, you know, uh, a Rick Campbell. Um, I, I don't hate it. I don't think that was an egregious error. I don't think it was egregious either, to be honest. And and the way the, the riders were moving the ball, they probably thought, well, we're going to get back here, right? At the same time, if you don't make it, the way that the Bombers weren't moving the ball, you know, then you're pinning the Bombers on their own six. So, I mean, and that's sort of Craig Dickinson is, is all about supporting his players, right? Um, so then you're supporting your defense, are you not? But uh, just, just something I thought was interesting. Okay, let's speed through this. A couple other questions. So, will Dalton shown past Perry Tuttle's rookie receiving yards record for the Bombers of 1,373? Shown has 1,113 with three games to go. Would need to average 87 yards a game. Is he going to break the record, Darren, and our fire starters? What do you guys think? 87 yards a game? I think yeah. he's absolutely able to. He's able you know? to, yeah. Harry Tuttle, Romby Bryant, Chris Matthews, yeah. James Murphy. So, yeah, 261 yards to pass Tuttle for the record. Um, yeah, I think he can do it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, he can. Interesting to see if there's some resting guys, though. But I don't know that they would rest a guy like Sean younger younger guy but uh i think that would be awesome Ooh, if he broke the record. Corey may yes what did Corey may say oh he said i'm thinking a mike miller 24 oh. jersey will never get old oh no killer he's a goat he's the goat okay and here, here here's my uh two more questions darren uh, and then i'm gonna then i'll stop my sober second thought because it's uh i don't know if it's sober anymore <laughs> Brady Oliveira only needs 142 yards to get to a thousand. I saw that looking at the stats and I thought, wow, if you would have told me, because remember Brady Oliveira was a guy that people were saying we should have kept Andrew Harris, put in Augustine, put in, everybody was saying, put in Augustine. This guy is now on pace for over a thousand yards. He only needs 47 yards per game. Uh, you can run on the BC lions would you have believed me or people if they would have said at the beginning of the season, this guy's going to get a thousand yards when he was struggling? You know, there was a game where what he had like 13 yards on 10 carries there. Um, shout out to him, man. And, 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 and do we think great he'll get season. to a thousand? I, I sure hope so. What do you guys think? Great season. The, the thing that impresses me most about Brady Oliveira, just a quick thought is right here, the mental fortitude, the emotional fortitude for this individual who was open about how hard it was to hear the criticisms from his hometown fans. He admitted that openly early in the season. He's like, it's tough. You know, I'm a born and bred Winnipegger said Brady Oliveira. And, you know, he wanted to play for his hometown team and here he is. And yeah. the opportunity that lay in front of him after Andrew Harris moves uh, on to the Toronto Argonauts, it, it was a great opportunity for Brady Oliveira and a lot of fans wrote him off very, very quickly. Uh, in hindsight, foolhardy. Uh, yeah. You know, I've seen this before. We've seen guys highly touted and it's like, okay, give him another game. Give him another game. Oh, he had a good game. Oh, now he had a bad game. And then suddenly they're a forgotten commodity. Rakeem Cato. Remember him? Yes, I do. Oh, 
Yeah. I do so, remember Keem Cato. Yeah. There's a lot of those guys, right? Yeah. I've seen it a lot the other way around too, just like Brady Oliveira, where it's injury or, uh, you know, just failure of, of consistent production. The Blue Bombers were sticking with him. It did look like, okay, well, they got Johnny Augustine. It's another Canadian there. Like, are they sticking with Brady because there's no other option? Well, no, they stuck with Brady because they believed in him. And uh, I think it, it goes beyond uh, just what we see in the finished product on the field because the true finished product is what the coaches are seeing in the film room. The Trust day after the mafia, the folks. The Trust the mafia. They brought in yeah. Alden Darby, which leads me to my last question. Darren or and or Firestarters, do we see the Bombers bringing in anyone else? You predicted they would bring in someone you predicted it would be Darby. You were right. Do they bring in anyone else? I think they're done. Yeah. Uh, as far as trades. Okay. Uh, somebody who's out there is uh, Desmond Lawrence. He was the Hamilton Tiger Cats most outstanding rookie last season. Now, Desmond Lawrence was mentioned by Brian Walker today. Who's Brian Walker? If you remember Brian yeah. Walker. Number 22. Was, uh a very physical defensive back the Bombers had at safety for a touch and, and the dime back spot and, and halfback uh, Winnipeg ended up uh, trading him, I think to Edmonton, the Edmonton, I believe. Uh, Edmonton Elks or Edmonton football team at that time. Um, but he mentioned, he's like Desmond Lawrence is on his way. Uh, 27 years old, uh, second season in the CFL. He played 10 games last year, played five this season um, had two interceptions in 10 games in 2021 was a very, very good player for them. Um, could he be joining the Winnipeg blue bombers? Possibly. Uh, but when a player is your team's most outstanding rookie one year, and then five, six, seven games into the next season, he's cut for inexplicable reasons. Mm. Is it an injury issue? Probably not. If he was cut, um, is it an attitude issue? Is it, you know, does he have, personal issues that he wants to deal with. So he wants to step away from football for a while. All these things are, are possibilities. And I've only mentioned the obvious, you know, right. there's lots of things that could be into that. So we'll see. We'll see. I think that's kind of so, like the motto, you know, like if I made a Winnipeg blue bombers video, it'd be like Winnipeg blue bombers. We'll see. We'll see. Like my, like my aunt, my late aunt used to say, uh, time will tell time will tell. It was very wise tell. words from my aunt. Um, so he didn't play a lot. He hasn't played this year at all, Darren Desmond. Lawrence. Oh, he played five games this year. Oh, he played five games, and he was where? Where in? The, where in the uh, secondary? Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. But he last played September 23rd. Come on, so you have played... to know right off the hop. My questions uh, when I give you an audible. <laughs> <and he's laughs> on you should know every uh... position of every team. Right. Right. Well, I, I do know uh, Alden Darby was a healthy scratch with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Yes, quite he a was. bit this yes, season so it tells you what they saw in in desmond lawrence or at least we're getting in desmond lawrence or trying to get in desmond lawrence but um he played in july and then he had a month where he didn't play so he went from week seven to week 11 and then played uh three straight games and then missed a couple weeks and then was back in week 16 uh where at least he dressed uh didn't have any any numbers tackles or, or otherwise so um 
again, we'll see. Maybe Desmond Lawrence ends up uh, with another team, but uh, Winnipeg, an attractive destination these days. Alden Darby signs a big contract to uh, make more money, presumably, than he would with the Blue Bombers. Uh, with the Hamilton Tiger Cats this past spring, now uh, back on the team. And, and Are could, you surprised uh, they traded him, Hamilton? I mean, they're still in it. I mean, they're getting rid of a depth. I mean, he. I mean, I think he was actually starting recently. Um, they're four I, and I, ten. They need to win out and have Montreal lose out. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, okay. or unless like Saskatchewan could cross over. I think that's the bigger threat. They have to. They have to at least tie Saskatchewan, who has two games up on them right now. Two yeah, wins so, up on them. So they have to win two more at least. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's, it's it's not an easy path. You know, no. they, they might have said, hey, you know, we can get a good young player in Cedric Wilcots and, and move on from a guy that is, is often uh, a scratch for us. You know, I, I think that's just how it happens. Hamilton, Saskatchewan this coming Friday night. Uh, looking forward to that. Lions in Toronto to face the Argos who are ailing after a, 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 yeah. an absolute hoofing by the the stampeders edmonton in winnipeg of course on saturday pre-game if you missed me mentioning it earlier friday five o'clock live chris walby joins me for game day winnipeg and then a monday game monday at noon on thanksgiving uh red blacks at alouettes in uh, a very important Oof. game for montreal very important for montreal but not exactly a banner matchup uh for a Monday, no, but. but we do get to see Winnipeg native Bob Dice as uh, yes, so I'm at Superstore once. Yeah, love me some LA Bob Dice. Dice. Uh, yeah, great, guy. <laughs> great guy, Bobby Dice. Big uh, uh, Kenny Lawler is done for the season, right, Darren? Yeah, collarbone, shoulder. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm I'm with the consensus uh, that he earned that paycheck, he earned that $300,000 contract. That's what I was uh, seeing on Twitter, yeah. You know, uh, good for him. Good for him. He he. That was a show me deal. There was nothing guaranteed in that in that deal. And look Most who was throwing him the ball, right? Yeah. Well, not Edmonton exactly. Zach Kolaris. Edmonton needed him. They used him. Um, you know, good on both of them. Uh, I think that was a shrewd move. Yeah, they paid, but uh, he earned it. You know, uh, I, I hope the best for for Kenny um, in the years to come. Yeah. Well, listen, I, I saw Josh Wolf bringing it. One of the uh, people on our Firestarter uh, chat here, uh, he suggested maybe we look at the Red Blacks, DBs, uh, Sherrod Baltimore and Abdul Kana, um, the dice man kind of thing. Maybe there's some other DBs, but like you said, maybe not uh, doing any more trades here. Should we get to our NFL picks? Dare I say... Ooh. We'll come back to CFL, folks. Don't worry. We're just yep. going to quickly... We're going to do our CFL rapid fire picks. Uh yes courtesy of SIA.com slash bonfire. Zach, last week in the NFL, we will get to CFL in a second, as you mentioned, but in the NFL, you took Jacksonville plus 6.5 against Philly, and that was a miss. Uh, They lost 29-21. So close. Close. Eight-point margin. That's only good in horseshoes and hand grids. Yeah. Uh, You took Pittsburgh to cover three versus the jets and the jets won 24. Come on. 20. It's the jets. The jets are, the jets Come are on. So uh, we've now so established a pattern. O, you're yes. O and four on the season. Oh, for so you just started uh, it officially last week. You, 
you missed with uh, Kansas City. You missed with uh, San Francisco. Oh, you have to, you have to, I was surprised by that one. Rub um, salt in the wound here. Yeah. Well, San Francisco looked so bad against Denver the week before that uh, I picked against them this week, and that was my miss. I picked Your the Rams lost. cover uh, or the Ram. I took the Rams plus one point five. They ended up losing twenty four to nine to Jimmy Garoppolo and, and the San Francisco 49ers on primetime. The Rams look lost for a defending Super Bowl champion. That trend continues in the NFL of Super yeah. Bowl champions, not name the Hangover. Patriots, kind of stinking yeah. in the next season or at least struggling. But I hit on the uh, on the Chargers to cover five in Houston. As soon as that game kicked off, I realized, oh, I didn't go to SIA.com slash bonfire and put a couple bucks on that game. I ended up getting that uh, at, I think I got a line during the game of 10 and a half and they won by 10. So I oh. missed uh, and lost. It's one of my first losing weeks uh, in the NFL. Uh, well, that's your only season. loss so far. So I'm 0 and 4 and you're 3 and 1. So folks, two things to, to get out of here. Um, do whatever, do the opposite of whatever I pick and you should be fine. And then the other thing is, if if you can't beat them, join them. So now I'm stealing, uh, I'm stealing DB's picks I, for this week, Darren. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, you know, you pick, you pick the the Chargers. So now I'm gonna pick the Chargers. I picked both LA teams last week. You're taking both LA teams this week. Yes, I think the Rams are gonna they're gonna come. They're gonna bounce back. I mean, they were a Super Bowl winning team for a reason. Uh, they're at Dallas. Sorry, Gregory, or sorry, they're the Dallas is visiting. LA Rams are at home, minus four and a half. I think they are going to cover that. I, I uh, confidence I mean, in the Rams. Uh, yeah, Cooper Rush is playing well. I mean, good for him, but uh, um. I just see the Rams bouncing back. So, hey, I could be wrong, but of well, course I Dallas, could be wrong. Da Dallas is is ready for a letdown game, right? Like Cooper Rush has been great. Yeah. Um, we might even see Dak this week. They say he's a possibility. Was that right, eh? Yeah. Okay. Well, either way, I see the Rams bouncing back with that defense. Yeah. And then my my other pick is against stealing Dar uh, uh, reading his homework as Jeff Kabilis is saying. Uh, sorry, I'm chirping there, Josh. Uh, I see the LA Chargers covering uh, three on the road versus Cleveland. I think the Chargers' offense is heating up, and uh, it's Cleveland. So those are my picks, buddy. I'm going prime time in Week Five. I'm taking Kansas City to cover seven points at home against the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders are That's coming Kansas up. City ever again. They screwed me. They, what? They've screwed me, Kansas City, on two of my picks here on Bonfire Sports. Yeah. Well, I, I just don't think uh, the Raiders are going to be able to string together two strong games in a row. The Chiefs yeah. look like they found their pace a little bit. Uh, I like them to cover seven points at home. Uh, against the lowly Raiders. And then Cincinnati, to me, is a team that is very much heating up. I know Baltimore uh, really flexed and, and uh, played a good game against uh, the Buffalo Bills, but let the Bills back into the game and, and uh, uh, mounted a, a pretty impressive comeback against the Ravens. Uh, I think Cincinnati is a team that is heating up and, and climbing up uh, the rankings in uh, or climbing up the standings in their division. Uh, I like Cincinnati plus three in Baltimore on Monday night. Ooh. So those are my picks. So to, to recap, you got the Chargers, one. you got the Chargers minus three at Cleveland. You got the Rams 
minus four and a half at Dallas. I've got Kansas City minus seven at or at home to the Raiders. And I've got Cincinnati plus three at Baltimore uh, in those two primetime games. Okay, you ready for uh, our CFL rapid fire? Now, let's do it. Check the ticker below. And that's where, uh, like, look, you go to SIA.com slash bonfire. You can bet NFL, NHL, CFL, Major League Baseball. The playoffs are are on tap. Uh, NBA, you name it. They got great futures and prop bets uh, and and great uh, bonus available when you sign up through this link. SIA.com slash bonfire. 100% bonus is always a a nice thing. And and from what I have looked at, um, the best bonus out there right now for uh for new deposits um okay so cfl games zach first game friday night the rough riders are in hamilton in a must-win game for both teams the tie cats are favored by two i would take the riders okay i I think they're due for a win i I think they they played reasonably well uh, until the end of the fourth quarter there darren Mm -hmm. um and I, I, you know, like, like if, if Hamilton's in fires, uh, this is supposed to be rapid fire. I'm taking Saskatchewan. <laughs> okay. I'm going to uh, go contrarian to you. And also because the tie cats I've been rolling with them all year. I'm sticking with them. I like the tie cats. To Loyalty, buddy. I think they'll win by three, uh, maybe five uh, at okay. home. Uh, Saturday afternoon, uh, the BC lions are in Toronto and the Argos are favored by one. I take the Argos. I think they're gonna. I think they're a good enough team to bounce back. Uh, I think that loss in Calgary shook the Argos. I'm going to take BC oh. to cover, or not to cover. I'm going to take BC plus one yep. in that game. Edmonton in Winnipeg. Get this: the Bombers are 13 point favorites at home against the Elks on Saturday at 6 p.m. at the Madhouse on Matheson. What do you think of that spread number? That's a massive number, man. <laughs> but you know what? The Bobbers beat him by 14 last time, and, and it uh, it was even a close game. So I will say that they cover. Okay. I'll, I'll keep the trend. I will uh, go contrarian to you. I'll say... Uh, I'll take Edmonton plus 13. So I, I do think Winnipeg will win, but I don't think they'll win by two touchdowns. All right. Edmonton's a lot better than they, they used to be. Uh, I agree. Ottawa in Montreal in the Turkey Day game, and the Alouettes are favored by seven. That is a sharp, sharp line. Uh, this is a tough one. <laughs> seven, I think, for me, is uh, if that's sharp, I'm dull. I mean, I would take that in a heartbeat. I think Ottawa's cover. I think the Alouettes cover that at home. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, well, then you and I are going opposites all no. through this. This is good. Uh, you think Ottawa's going to get within a touchdown? Often, when teams move on from their head coach, they're rejuvenated. Yeah. Uh, Nick Arbuckle threw for a lot of yards last week. I think Bob Dice can inspire something. Uh, Montreal has a lot to play for. I think this will be a close one, but. Uh, Th- that that's why I got Ottawa plus seven. All right. Woo. Woo. Awesome. Well, Boy, you and I just opposites all day. I love it. Yep. But opposites attract. And I hope you guys are attracted on Friday to happy here. hour, ha- happy hour edition of the pregame game day, Winnipeg with you and Walby. Uh, that's a great time to be, to be getting on YouTube, buddy. 
Yeah, and we'll wrap up the CFL trade deadline. Of course, that is Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central Time. Uh, are the Blue Bombers done? We will see. Uh, there's also obviously lots of roster movement, uh, injuries uh, to get to, and what the Blue Bombers uh, game day roster will look like on Saturday uh, against Edmonton. But uh, that pretty much does it for us, doesn't it? Yes, buddy. We uh, we were rap. I, I'm getting better at this rapid fire. I like it. We should keep track of these two, or should we? Well, it'll be easy this week because uh, we were opposites. <laughs> we were opposites. On all of them. Good. Yeah, I feel like I might be doing better in my CFL picks uh, than my NFL picks. So anyway, enjoy enjoy the uh, the trade deadline, folks. Uh, hopefully some excitement happens here. You know, you don't forget what happened uh, three years ago in the trade deadline with Mr. Zach Kalaris. Maybe you see something like that in this year's edition. Something yeah, we'll be talking about for years. To quickly answer Andrea's question here, can teams add players after the deadline? Yes, they absolutely can. Uh, just cannot make trades with other teams. Um, Scott Roger mentioning the Winnipeg Rifles are on the buy. The Rifles are a sponsor and supporter of Bonfire Sports. So go check them out on all the social media channels at Rifles Football riflesfootball.com new website coming uh in very short order as well uh tough loss in edmonton to the wild or pardon me to the huskies the edmonton wildcats are in winnipeg next week that's sunday october 16th at 3 p.m at the madhouse on matheson ig field uh so you can get your tickets uh at the gate uh $15 general admission $10 for seniors under 18, free of charge to get into the Winnipeg Rifles game. Quarterback Bryson McNeil is leading the country in passing yards by a healthy margin. This team is entertaining football to watch, uh, fighting for second place uh, in the Prairie Football Conference, the powerhouse conference of Canadian junior football. The Regina Thunder are 6-0. and I think they're, sorry, 7-0. and now uh, they are a dangerous team, but uh, Winnipeg had a 15 nothing lead on them in the first quarter just last week. So uh, things wide open. Uh, go check them out, riflesfootball.com. Rifle up. Rifle up. And uh, sorry, just a, just a quick thing here. Uh, Bonfire Do or Die Fantasy League. I am, no, I'm not winning. I'm 24th, but NJLAF705 is winning 1,560 uh, points. Uh, just in front of for the MCW and Ted Lee. And then in our Pick'em League, Darren, we, of course, still have Ryan Harris. Ted Lee, two at 1,100, 424. But C. Diddick is on his heels, 1,100-366. It's really a two-horse race there. And don't forget, you get prizes if you win those leagues. Neither of us is really in the running there. But uh, those leagues are continuing. So don't forget to make your fantasy and Pick'em picks, folks. Absolutely. Hit the hotline 204-816-TIPS. That's 816-8477. Text, standard message rates apply. I respond to everything, so uh, uh, be sure to do that. And uh, Itchy Scratchy the Barbarian asking if there is a midweek show tomorrow. No, tonight was the night. Tomorrow, the Jets are playing. I'll be at the game. Zach, you'll be mega dad as always. Uh, so our next uh, live show here on Bonfire Sports is Friday, game day Winnipeg with myself and the legend Chris Walby. 
at 5 p.m. on Friday. And then uh, you and I will do a little bit of uh, post-game action on Saturday following uh, Bombers Elks. Yes, sir. I hope I hope we get another uh, sellout crowd. That would be incredible because we are leading the league in attendance, I think, for the first time in a long time or even ever. Uh, it's a madhouse on Matheson. Friday night's going to be beautiful house. weather. Yeah. Get your tickets before they're gone. Like you, you want to experience this before the. Might not be there. What what better thing do you have to do on a Friday night in Winnipeg? Yeah, you can watch Zach go absolutely bananas in the crowd. Well, I might do a stair climb, but but my knee is getting a little bit better, so uh, I might do a stair climb. That's good to hear. I'm glad to hear that. See you, Vicky. See you, Arlen, in Section 128, and everybody else. Uh, love it. Uh, good night, everybody. For Mega Dad, I'm Darren Bombing. Thanks for joining us, everybody, on Bonfire Midweek. We'll see you next time.